Welcome to Growing with Fishes podcast episode 270. Um, this week we have Duke Diamond with us. Um, thanks a lot for joining us, Duke. We were just joking uh, before the podcast that my cat was going to do this as soon as we started. And uh, he was quiet for the first 30 minutes so we were getting everything started. And as soon as we went live, he started, started bailing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never fails. Um, thanks, everybody, for, uh, for watching today. Um, we finished getting situated here. We will, uh, I will take care of him in a, in a second. Um, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, uh, Duke is a, a very, uh, um, very well-known long-term breeder who's been around for a very long time, worked with a lot of the old 80s and 90s cuts and has a lot of really cool knowledge to share with us. Uh, he recently um, uh, became back uh, in the land of the free uh, and we're happy to have him on the show. Um, Thanks a lot for joining us. So uh, I guess, uh, how did you get started in, in cannabis? Maybe <laughs> well, well um, started out basically just trying to, <laughs> trying to, trying to grow some of my own after, after smoking, because was, you know, love from, from day one. And, um, huh. My cousin saw me trying to trying to sprout these seeds and they're like oh man you know like they had just come over ground you know just like out of weed and they're just like oh kid you're gonna you're gonna get in a lot of trouble um so obviously you've made your choices and uh you're gonna do what you're gonna do so we're gonna kind of look after you and they were you know they were way older than me my parents were pretty old when they had me so um they're already ranging between like their late twenties to like mid thirties. So they, they kind of, kind of take me under their wing and started teaching me and everything. Um, and it, it was a wrap right, right, right from then, man, love smoking and love growing. Um, so, uh, I guess, um, do you want to uh, maybe give people a, a quick, um, a rundown on just your more recent events uh, before we move on to some breeder stuff. Uh, like like as prison? much as that you want to talk <laughs> about, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking, uh, I've been gone a couple of years. Um, it's like climate was kind of weird a few years ago. I mean, I guess it still is, but there's a whole lot of Walmart shootings and movie theater shootings and people just losing their fucking mind and um i've always you know i've always kind of stayed strapped up anyway but it was like more so um because like you couldn't even go to the grocery store with the family i like worried about some asshole coming in and hosing the place down so fucking uh got pulled over out of state and uh got hemmed up with the felon in possession you know a firearm so had to go away for a little bit and do that whole whole song and dance and uh yeah yeah and here here i be 
<laughs> I made it. Happens <laughs> sometimes. Uh, it do, man. Isn't always my buddy used to. Yeah, my events. buddy always. He always used to say, "Man, shit happens, especially when you eat regularly." Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the laws aren't quite as uh, as they should be in regards to uh, you know things like that. It, you know, especially with the Constitution being as it is, I think we can all agree that uh, you know as long as it's legally registered, I don't see what the issue is. But it is yeah. what it is. Um, the uh, yeah. It's kind of a, a silly thing that they really need to work on fixing. And uh, like a lot of people are anti-gun, but, you know, having grown up myself in Philly too, like if you've lived in an area that, you know, you have to have them to be safe, <laughs> you have to have them to be safe. So Yeah, man. Because, uh, you know, like, you know, I've had like the discussion with people. This is industry, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, I'm from a different place like you. I'm like uh, Virginia and you know I lived in Richmond um, from like age 15 and on uh, and you know I traveled all around different places but Richmond you know it was a murder capital for a long time and um, you know I tell people like what do you what do you think's gonna stop a bad guy with a gun you know passive aggressive behavior you know don't stop you know whatever no no you're gonna fucking die <laughs> so um you know, it, unfortunately, it's it's you know it's a necessary necessary thing, and um, you know everybody gives their guns up or whatever. It's like bad guys are gonna have theirs. So you know, if you could get a time machine and like prevent you know the invention of the gun and black powder and all that, then hey, maybe maybe yeah. But unfortunately, that's that's not the case. So um, you know, you want to you know protect your family and all that stuff. But, you know, that's that's the way I choose, you know, who chose to chose to go about it. But yeah, it's just like you said, man, it's just kinda kinda how it is, you know. All right, well, on to a, a funner topic. So uh what about um so how did Dominion Seed uh, company come to be and and how did the uh uh you know um what were some of the early earliest strains that you were working with for breeding stock and maybe some stuff that um well, yeah, I guess maybe we'll start there. Well, um, originally, like, you know, we had, like, I'd always been making seeds for, for myself and friends, you know, back in the day. But I was never, like, you know, like, openly, like, selling them, you know? I'd hook up, uh, hook them up, grow our own. We're just, you know, having fun, doing, doing our thing. Um Later on with the, you know, forums and shit, you know, you get to meet other people. Like, you know, you send a few here, a few there. Um, people enjoy them. Just, you know, it's a cool thing. Then um, once once I got out, out west, I was like, you know, I really want to do that. You know, do the same thing, but do it to, to a more wide, wide, wide array of people. And, you know, I wanted to definitely be in the medical scene, helping, helping sick folks out. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. Then uh, get a call from Subcool. And um, he's like, yeah, man, you know, Mr. Souls come back. He wants to do this, do that. So I'm like, all right. And he comes out and he wants to do it up. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll tell you what. Instead of just going wide open with my own thing, like, you know, I'll work with you, which ended up, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of work 
but um fuck man long story short it didn't really jive with the dude so uh, i stopped that he wasn't paying on a bill and i mean it was a whole bunch of other just bullshit with the guy but so then i'm like all right look i'm just gonna go with the original plan there just start doing my own thing um and you know what it what it started out the my first real works were coming out through there and then um by the time i crank up dominion the stuff i'm putting out there um just going a whole different direction a lot of indica i was i was kind of almost forced to do a lot of sativa stuff through there so i was definitely getting my my indica my chem work my skunk work and you know emojis and hash plants things like that out of my out of my system so um i started started going more that route so we've had you know there's quite a quite a few things but like you know, we had like Dominion G and the Dominion Skunk. We had um, Stash Plant, Sangria Punch, Screaming Eagle was a real big one for me. I was making that for vets and stuff. And then the last little bit I had, I released some just to the to the general public. Um, you know, as yeah, primarily on the on the indica side of things and on the gassy, stanky, stanky side of things. You know. Ah, secondhand sandwiches sitting out on the on the fucking picnic table all day. Somebody left them out there trying to bait somebody in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we should get into that particular topic on this. Show. <laughs> <laughs> I guess having heard heard that one earlier uh, from someone else, but um, uh, so uh, uh, I guess um. What were some of the different, um, what got you into breeding and, and maybe um, what are some of the biggest um, challenges that you got into when you were going into the seed production side of things? Well, the the breeding thing just started out as, because like back in the day, I mean, you remember, man, like <clears throat> when you wanted seed, you were going to be ordering from like right from Amsterdam or maybe from the UK. You know what I mean? It was a big deal. You had to, had to fucking, you know, maybe put some sunglasses on, the hat and everything, use some else's car, maybe go to a 7-Eleven, park across the street, walk across, pay cash for a money order, get the money order, you know, go to the post office, you know, you're mailing this thing, mailing this thing out, you know, waiting six weeks, eight weeks, hoping that they got it. That's going to come back with your order. So it was hard. You know, it's definitely hard and the legal ramifications too. So it was like in the best interest, like, you know, you don't want to keep taking that risk over and over. It was uh once you had the stock, um, you know, you can make your own little selection and make seeds for the next few years, you know, easy breezy. Um, so it really started there and then later on, you know, going back through your 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 little your little box of stuff stuff that wasn't available anymore and you're knowing like hey you know these things ain't getting any younger so you know let's make another generation and uh freshen freshen them up you know more preservation i guess than anything and then um you know that that's kind of where 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 it all started from and and of course you know you're always like hey man how fucking good would it be next to this that (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, you always got that stuff happening. And then um, from there, um, going into like, hey, all right, I want to do this, like, like I said, like commercial production, like this is going to be available to people and people are in turn going to, you know, pay money for this and they're going to have their time invested into it. And then it, it, it got, it got real, you know, like real quick, like, you know, one, you, you got to have the space and, um, getting the space, a, a large space at that, um, you know, it, it can be had, but, you know, it was kind of tricky because I wasn't, uh, <laughs> imagine that I'm not a legit guy, you know, so I'm just fucking finding these warehouses and finding like a landlord that would like work with me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Be like, nah, bro, this is hell. Yeah, it's nothing good. You're like, yeah, okay. So I found the dude. <coughs> I end up just doing doing my thing in there, and uh, but here now it's cool because like I'm able to grow out some pretty large numbers, make some make some good selections, um, and really do it how I feel is is right. And then when I'm testing them out, I'm able to test them across you know well in numbers one, but two even have areas where maybe you know i could like kind of just fuck with them a little bit cut the ac off you know maybe light leak them a little bit you know to see if they can take a little bit of a little bit of punishment and not freak out because you know how it is man you don't know who's getting that back seeds it could be first time ever grower because somebody's been growing for literally forever and you might have the first time grower that knows the shit or maybe doesn't know the shit and you got the long time guy that it could go the same way and across different mediums and environments and also it it let me feel a little bit better knowing like these are strong men they can go out into the wild they're gonna make it you know and um and also with growing so many of them i could really find the little little hiccups with them you know and what they really like what they don't like and include that information on the back of the seed pack so no matter if it is the, the old timer growing for fucking ever, the new one, they, they got some good good stuff that they can go on right off the bat to try to ensure that that first run with, with the gear is good and successful, you know. That's really awesome. Not all, not all uh, breeders take the time to do that kind of stuff, so that's, that's really cool. Um, what type of traits do you look for in a really good male? Uh, it's one of my favorite questions to ask breeders, and I feel like every breeder is kind of a different uh, angle on this. Uh, and determining what makes a, a really good viable male for pollination yeah man um so we'll just say like what whatever our whatever our project may be um i'm looking i'm looking for things that are as closely representative of the female traits that are that are most desired amongst the female population i'm looking to try to find those among the males and it's tricky because you know they're not uh, they're not females, so we got to kind of look at look at how certain traits are paired together amongst the females. So that way, if I can find, say, a certain leaf trait or nodal spacing, or maybe um, floral floral formations and stuff amongst the the male male pollen, you know, clusters there. Um, I can kind of generally link those um, together and 
without like a DNA RNA synthesizer, you know, that's all we got. You know, we can only go by our, what our eyes and our nose is going to tell us. Um, so I'm looking at that. I, and I might, out of a good population, I might find three that meet the criteria. So from that three, I like to weave them in some smaller pots, let them get root bound. And if they want to start auto flowering on me, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So I like to go with the males that don't don't auto flower on me. Um, you know, I've I've when the smell like the terpenes were were a, a major thing. Um, I would reverse the males, feed them some uh, some terp sauce there, a little little juice mix and everything, and try to get a get an idea of what this male's trying to offer as far as uh, you know his smell. Um, I looked at leaf stomata and transpiration rates. Like, y'all really into it, man. <laughs> so, um, you know, resistance to 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 pests too. Like, uh, thrips are real bad. You know, when you've been in Colorado, you know. So sometimes those thrips, man, they they just go overwhelm one plant, whereas another, like, you see them try and they're like, nah, not not doing that any at all. <laughs> I'm a, a you know jump ship on this one. So um, things like that are are kind of what what's leading me there. Um, if I can help with structure and stuff, you know, vertical branching versus lateral, um, a little thicker stem. Um, if I can speed the flower time out, you know, I'm looking at my flower time from, you know, I'll take clones from the the, the winter circle of these males and see who's who's giving me a, a quicker flower set. You know, I want to see who's who's putting it out quicker. So. I might be able to drop drop the flower time a little bit as well. Um, you know, basically trying to do every little thing that I that I can in each step. You know, absolutely. In fact, I even had uh, one grow I was working with in Oregon, and they had a pineapple strain, and the thrips were only eating the pestles out of the plants. That the pestles had some, you know, compound in it that, that they were particularly hot and bothered by. They weren't doing all that much to the leaves, but they were just eating out part of the flower structures. I thought that was really bizarre. So, you know, thrips can definitely be strange. Um, also yeah. found some weird orange thrips the, this year out in Georgia as well, which are a new, new species I hadn't seen on, on cannabis before. So we'll, we'll see uh, see how that works out, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Um, uh, what about for female structures? Uh, what are you looking for on that? And then, you know, do you do different kind of um, uh, structures in your your lines for hash plants versus flower plants, or are you just um, you know kind of sort them out based on results? Or you know, do you you ever work with hash lines as well as far as oh, structure? Yeah. yeah, man. So, like me personally, I've always been a bigger fan of that more vertical branching. You know, where it's coming off and you know hitting that 45 to 60 degree angle you know what I mean just kind of wanting to branch up more vertically versus the stuff that's growing like out you know what I mean more laterally and then it kinks up at the end um I've just always been a bigger fan of that because like I feel like those plants are a little more productive um you have better light penetration um when you get a lot of weight on the branches you know it, they 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 hold the they hold their weight better you know you don't 
something flopping over or breaking off, you know. So I, I like that better too. Tend to get a little bit better air circulation movement through it naturally. That helps with, um, you know, a little bit of, um, not resistance, but um, preventative toward like, you know, your molds and your mildews and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm more inclined to breathe to breathe that direction but like you said sometimes your selections it just it doesn't pan out that way you know because sometimes those 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 uh, gene pairs you know it, it might be the ones that branch that way so it might take a lot more work to get that branching pattern out um or it just might be one of those deals you're just kind of stuck with they're going to be uh they're going to be lateral lateral branchers you know but then you know you just know to tell the Tell the people they're lateral branches, you know. Um, and some of them, you know, they're beefy as fuck, man. They, they'll hold their weight, but, you know, just let them know, like, these these suckers are going to grow a little more laterally, allow more, a little more uh, circumference in your space, and uh, you'll need some additional staking, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think people often don't give their plants enough support, especially newer growers, and they end up, you know, doing really well as far as, you know, growing them and getting nice sized colas and then it snaps on them, you know, not too long before harvest. I've seen that happen to, to quite a few people here in, in Oklahoma, especially. Uh, uh, we, you were also mentioning earlier about um, uh, people not uh, underestimating the root boundness uh, causing flowering yeah, uh, through stress. I've gone to quite a few uh, different mom, uh, mom rooms in Oklahoma and found one or two plants that were, you know, pretty obviously doing that and they had no idea why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Stressors, man, those triggers, they can come from a lot of, a lot of different things. They're not getting enough light. They're a little shaded out. They start freaking out. The root bound thing, I guess that was always a, a big one, you know? And, uh, like, uh, <clears throat> I had this, uh, cutting as uh Lone Star's, uh, keeper the the guy's killer queen from back in the day i mean awesome plant man but you had to make sure that baby had new shoes all the time like if it started to think it was starting to run out of room and she'd start wanting to fucking autoflower on you i always wondered if you had us if you could stabilize that really well if that would make sense from a commercial commercial standpoint basically like once the plant got so big it's going to flower off you know kind of like an auto um, yeah. I know obviously it's kind of a stress one, so you have a higher chance of herming and female flower pollination we, and all that stuff. But. We actually, we let one go before. Me and my buddy, he was just, he was just a real bastard anyway. Fucking way before the Dixie Cup challenge. You know, he was, uh, he was just doing shit just to, just to do it. And um, he, he let, let a, a little plant, that, that same killer queen, he let it go, but it would start to, and it would just, it would never fully go. You know what I mean? It would, uh, it would start throwing the big single leaves, almost like you're revegging. And, uh, you, you just end up with these weird little mutated looking popcorns that never really would, uh, never really would do anything. Other, um, strange mutations have you seen? Uh, uh, I know people often talk about crow's foot with the longer, you know, finger stems and then, you know, occasional polyploids and, and, uh, fasciated plants. What, what's some of the other stuff that you've seen that's been kind of strange with all your different seeds, seed pops? Um, 
I've had these these really weird variegations where it's not your typical variegation, you know, it's like half the leaf is straight white, like like that white chocolate white. <laughs> and then the other half completely, you know, normal, normal old green. And like split dead down the middle. Like that one was always kind of cool. It's like a zebra plant. Um I've always had a always had a thing for trifolates too i always like them they're cool especially when you find female ones um you know seen like you know like the old flat stem deal um of course the the petiole petiole buds those are those are pretty neat um but i guess nothing nothing too too crazy like you, you ever seen the weird like all the other bud looks real normal, but it and it ain't even grown out of note. It just grows right off the main stem, and it's like a real fuzzy looking bud. Like I mean, it just doesn't look like any of the other bud. It just grows right off the stem. That, that's probably the weirdest one I would I would say. Yeah, the uh, the other uh, the have you ever seen the one that's kind of like um, they'll throw the calyxes almost out like on little vines. With yeah. the little calyxes coming off on some of like the tie lines and stuff like that. Yeah, man. It starts looking like that uh like that fucking grin spoon kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any traits maybe that you had uh, worked with that were you were super excited about that maybe just like, got lost because of you know they didn't weren't ended up, you know, didn't end up being good breeders for other reasons or, or anything like that that were maybe unique or or memorable? Oh yeah. Um and it's weird because I would say mm, I would say about twenty-five percent of the time it happens like that. Like if you're doing enough enough work. Um you'll you'll see like <clears throat> you know, just certain things that just doesn't just doesn't work out, man. Um and at that point it's like you make this hybrid, you're, you're making this male, you know, you might even work it a little bit and you're like, all right, it's solid. It's ready to go. And you hit, you know, the three things you intended to, and out of the three things you intend to, uh, one of them that you thought was going to be a dead ringer or say, you know, smell, um, not, not at all. It just didn't, didn't work out. Um, and at that point you're just like, all right, well, you know, you kind of 86 it and, you know, you tried. Um, I've had it happen the other way where, um, like this one clone that I had, the Smuckers, man, dead ringer, dead, dead on Smuckers strawberry jam. Like, I mean, no, no ifs, hands or butts, like not sort of like it, not kind of like it, like dead on the money. Um, it came out of a really pissy, accurate Hindu push hitting the Kim D. And all the progeny was just rancid, fucking nasty, you know. But this little thing popped out, you know. So just a weird, just a weird thing that just kind of blows your mind. Like, what the hell? Um, what uh, What are some of your favorite strains over the years that you had a chance to work with? Mm. So many. Um, this Lebanese hash plant was a real big one. Um, 
show was amazing. Um, I like I liked a lot of the work we did with the Skelly hash plant too. That was a that was another another real good one. Um, the chem work, of course, you know, um, just you know that's always always cool. Um, and then the eighty eight G thirteen hash plant, uh, that was that was always really cool. I did work with that that uh, Killer Queen one that we were just talking about too. Um, that one that one stuck out as well. That Screaming Eagle project was a Afghani to the eighty eight G thirteen, and then taking that that male and going to the Airborne G thirteen, which was the G thirteen NL two hybrid. That's what made that Screaming Eagle. That one, that was a lot of, a lot of fun, man. Really like that stuff. Are there any um, uh, Kimovar terpene profiles that you, you know, uh, experienced that you, you know, haven't been able to find again? Uh, you're you're well known for your skunk line. Um, you know, is there uh, obviously skunk, but is there any others that maybe you, uh, you know, have smelled before but haven't had? You know, I need mean, obviously maybe not super recently, but maybe in the last ten years or so, have kind of gone away, um, smell wise. So I was working. <clears throat> I didn't get to uh, finish it off because I had to go get to the token pen. <clears throat> but uh, I was working with some orange stuff too, and some weird, some weird stuff came out of that. Like, I mean, it was basically like you get in the orange and everything else, but I was getting these tequila phenos, man. I mean, dead on the money. Some Jose Cuervo, like straight up tequila, tequila. And that that one, that one really caught my nose. Like, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna delve delve back into the uh, into the tequila some. Um, that the one I was just talking about, that Smucker's, that strawberry. That was the best strawberry ever. So definitely delving back back into that one as well. Because it, you know, this, you know, there's certain ones like. We we had the, that strong wave of orange, you know what I mean? Like back in the day, and then it re resurgence, you know. And you know the oranges have, have been around, but um, that tequila threw me off. But the strawberry one, man, that was one that I was like just hands down, you know. And, and I grew the strawberry cough out. That's that's great, great stuff too. Um, but nothing, nothing ever. I've never encountered anything like that one before, though. That's interesting. I've never heard of a, a profile that smells like tequila. That smells yeah, pretty me amazing. Either. Yeah, I never smelled it, never heard of it. And it, it threw me threw me off, man. And making rosin from it too. Fucking you open up the jar and you think you smell like a shot of tequila, man. It's fucking <laughs> crazy. That's awesome. Does that uh strain still exist or is that kind of a one time thing? No, I got uh I got the um I still got the tequila clone. I, I was calling it the tequila sunrise. So I had a couple buddies hang on to that for me. It was just two. And that's the cool thing is like I have a seed pop. Like there were quite a few of them, but that one was just like that was my my little baby. I, I kept out of the bunch. And um man, it's so fucking potent too. Like I mean, unreal potent. So um yeah, so yeah, I gotta gotta get back into that one. <laughs> We have uh, some chat 
drills. Um, so, um, here. What advice do you have for people as far as breeding uh, and tips for that? I know, um, you know, do you have anything that as far as increasing pollen or pollen preservation? Maybe that's a, a good question. I know a lot of people have different methods for that. Or, or were you just doing a pollination uh, with live plants only? Well, my, my preferred way was with, with live plants. But sometimes, like, I don't want to, because, you know, like, if we're, if we're gonna, I know like I'm not releasing like a, a, a few steps into a project. Um, I don't pollinate a whole plant. <clears throat> so selective pollination, you know, just uh, making say 100 to 200 seeds or something. Um, and, it, and it might, you know, timing certain things out. So this will kinda, kinda go with both like pollen preservation um along with a little little trick so back in the day you know we used to we used to mail a mail the pollen to each other and some people would cut it with a flower um and i always had problems with that um so our number one enemy of course is moisture you know we want to sterilize our pollen and everything and you know i've had friends that would try to collect a bunch you know, and it just clumps up, ends up causing a problem. Really, the where they're collecting it might be a little, little too humid and everything. So, avoid humidity, avoid um, any any moisture, of course. So, what I like to do, I, I would get these small. You can get them in the grocery store. They're like little Ziploc, um, little cups, kind of almost size of like a like a fruit cup or some shit. And when you get them out and they're brand new, they're very, they have static, static all, all over them. So what you, what you do is, um, you know, collect it in there and don't, don't let it clump up. Just let that static, just go ahead and, you know, cling it to it. Now, another place where people screw up is they might try to do that right off plant. Um, don't do that. Um, collect it through a screen. So that way you, you you make sure you don't end up with any plant material in there because that moisture is going to fuck you. And um, once you got it, you know, screened out or whatever, then, uh, you know, let it go into the uh, into your little container. And like I said, just don't, don't let it layer up um, from there. Um, you could you could put it in a vacuum sealer. Go ahead and seal it up. Um, you could put it away for some for some time. I've. I've never done it personally, but I know people put shit away for a year or more and then come back to it. But when you take it out of the, uh, you take it out of the freezer or whatever, you got to make sure you're going to use it immediately because you go from real, real cold to real hot or shitty room temperature, shit condensates just like a soda would. Then boom, you got moisture, boom, you're dead. So, um, so what I was doing is, Take like some Q-tips and just cover both ends of these Q-tips with some uh, with some pollen on both sides. Slip it in like a like an old school uh, Ziploc bag, um, like kind of like the the my seed packs. They they would come in these little Ziploc bags. Q-tips fit perfect in there. So put one or two in each little bag and you know put them away. Um, and without refrigerating or anything, like you can, you can keep them around for 
for a good 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 while you know i've never kept one and used it probably longer than two months you know but i've given some to friends so like yeah here because they would take it out to their outdoor or something like that or in you know their little tent and do their own little thing and you know they'd, it'd be even older and it, it works like a charm you just take them and just roll them through the through the flowers that you want you know pollinated do that get like some uh <clears throat> some of that stretchy fluorescent marking tape you know and just you know or whatever you got and just tie a little loop you know don't cinch it down to the branch but just tie a little loop on and uh that way you got that that branch id so when you're done you can kind of separate it um yeah just do it do it like that man oh yeah the bag too because you don't want pollen uh you know going everywhere make sure all your fans are cut off and then uh take that little baggie just clip the fan leaves that are kind of around that flower off so you can slip the bag over it with the q-tip in it and then just work through the bag with the q-tip and then just kind of uh once you've rolled it around on the flower seal your uh a uh, little, little seal around the stem a little bit and then just leave it on you know a few minutes and then um and you can take it off and just and be careful when you slip it off you'll be good to go what about um uh, uh popping old seeds um i know uh you uh, something else that uh, you have uh, quite a bit of experience doing uh, working with some of the different lines. I know you worked with some older uh, uh, 80s, early 90s seeds as well. Uh, uh, do you have any tips or tricks for that? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, if you got like cool people, they've been storing the shit for a while properly. It's just been in a deep freeze. Um, you're going to have pretty good luck just doing standard type germination practices. But... That's typically not the case. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, it's been in the sock drawer for about 15 years, 20 years, whatever. I'm like, yeah. So then you're, uh, then you're running into a, uh, a whole other thing. So um, me personally, I like to put as many, many shots in the air as I can to make sure that this happens right. So um, my one concern is like uh, pathogens and stuff like that. So using some hydrogen peroxide, you know, dilute it down a little bit, wash those beans off, make sure they're not funky on Because when they're that old, man, it doesn't take much to shit on your parade, man. So do that. Um, scuffing, you know, doing a little bit of scuffing helps because, you know, they're older. They, they don't have all that energy. And then I used to do a little bit of uh, GA if need be. Um, and I make these little, uh, I'd seen this guy perform way back in the day. He worked in, uh, <clears throat> like, at a botany program. Shit, dude was hella smart. Uh, Cuddy, and this is his name. They made these little pressure bomb um, mason jars with, like, an air pump, uh, like, using a fish tank. and go through the lids or whatever, so it would pressurize the jar. So I did a little combo of GA, some organic cane sugar in there. Um, and kind of let them like go through the pressure bomb a little bit and then, uh, go from there to, you know, keeping them good and warm. And if you're going to get action, you know, you could, you're, you're going to get action like that. Um, but that was like 
only if it was a last ditch effort it's the last shit on earth <laughs> um you know and having having to go through all that but sometimes man it's just just it just ain't gonna happen you know they're just they're gone yep, unfortunately so um do you know a lot of and heard of a lot of these different stories as far as where a lot of these different strains came from or or the origins of ones uh, i thought you might be a good person to ask about uh maybe one or two good strain origin stories that you might uh, have under your uh, your belt there yeah um so like the chem dog one was always <clears throat> always a good one is uh once it and you know the crazy thing was <clears throat> is that when when Greg came out the woodwork with it, you know, Kim Dog, um, he told everybody like flat out how it happened. And it's like it's just so cut and dry, simple. There's not there's not much to it. And then uh later on, like when I got out of prison for growing the first time, like, dude, just the internet lit up with all these people because like Kim Dog it, it became more of a mainstream, mainstream thing. And uh and you'd hear all types of fucking crazy shit oh yeah it's from here it's from there oh yeah my person here it was a clone and like shit this is obviously fucking insane um it really like diluted it out you know so like that one was always my my favorite one because i guess it's all the crazy the crazy bullshit ones that everybody else doing the through in the works so that that was always uh that was always a really good one there but I don't know, like you'd have to ask me, I guess, uh any ones that you uh that you had heard of, you know. Like uh Virginia Beach Ganny one that was uh, that was another one I've heard like ten different stories about that one. One of them had a little person involved and a sailor. I was like, What? Yeah, yeah so so I've never even heard of this strain. I'd love to hear I'd love to hear a a a midget pirate uh yeah origin story (laughs) (laughs) yeah man so yeah this one and like it doesn't make any sense because i was like what's the navy what was the navy doing and you know (laughs) in afghanistan first off um in in the 1980s um i'm not sure how, how that worked and then coming coming ashore back to norfolk virginia and being at some wild bar where there's a you know like a midget stripper and a bunch of other weird shit going on. I was like, what? And then you know, of course, it's somebody's uncle's cousins, whatever's um, that that end up uh, end up meeting this dude, and he grows these seeds and he gives them a clone. That one was pretty pretty far fetched. Now it'll be some shit when this motherfucker comes forward and be like, yeah, man, look at I married that. That little person, man, and then they come out on Adam Dunn show or something. They're like, oh man, fuck, I was wrong. But um, <laughs> that one, uh, that one, uh, um, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, far more uh, cut and dry version. You know, that made more sense. Somebody got some uh, some of Neville's stock when he was running his seed bank, and um, you know, they grew the seeds and kept the clone, and shit was killer and stood the test of time and stayed around you know that one uh it's normally the 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 more cut and dry stories like that i'm like all right well yeah cool that makes sense 
you know, versus, you know, some Kill Bill crazy shit or something, you know. Did you ever work with any of the the duck uh, duckfoot or ABC or any of the other weirder leaf structured stuff? I mean, obviously, it was before any of the freak show or any of the more stabilized lace leaf varietals. I didn't, but back in the day, uh, the dude was uh, breaking it out on IC Mag because, like, the, the one thing all people were talking about. Oh yeah, well, technically, it might not you know be registered as as cannabis or something. It might be a loophole or something like that. I was like, yeah. Oh man, but watching the threads of uh of the dudes uh growing that shit, I think they were. I'm pretty sure they were Australian. I could be wrong on that, but yeah. uh, they had one that looked like a vine almost, and like, it literally grew like a fucking vine. It looked like some Virginia creeper or something. I remember um, that uh, the original story was that some some uh, botanist or, or uh, herbarium worker found it like in the forests of northern australia and it was yeah. they kept the only plant in the sydney botanical gardens for a while and then some employee took a cutting off of it and took it home and you know that was yeah, the alleged yeah. story of it at least yeah yeah dude it's like the duck squirt version of the g13 story or something i uh we someone should do like a compendium of the origin stories of the different strains because that would be like it's like a book of fairy tales, but like yeah. stoner fairy tales, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Fucking Aesop's fables type shit. Any other uh, good ones that stick out in your mind? Hmm. Hmm. Nah, nothing, nothing too, too crazy. Um, just, yeah, I guess just the the old standards i suppose <laughs> well you know it is funny like a lot of the people uh haven't heard a lot of the wackier stuff that's out there and it's just kind of funny that uh, uh that's still going um, we had a bunch of questions from chat um one asks uh what do you like to feed your plants as far as uh you know supplementation oh um so I'm going in a in a soil base, um, you know, it's amended up pretty pretty good, but not not on the high side of things, you know, because <clears throat> a lot of people are like, oh yeah, like the super soil, and I was like, yeah, that is a little hot, you know, it's a little hot for as uh, to everything I grew. So uh, yeah, mine's mine's way more toned back from that, and then I kind of supplement what what I want from there. Um, I'm real, real big because, you know, evolving and shit. Um, big on dragonfly earth medicine. They uh was great people and everything. And when uh, I got turned on to them, um I do a lot, a lot with their their line. Um, I feed real low and slow, I'm not feeding all all the damn time. Um and fruit fruit bat wanna uh, earthworm casting um you know do do my brer rabbit molasses you know feed my microbes in of, of course um insect grass i really like to like incorporating that in there aloe water coconut water malted barley i like to switch up my uh, enzyme source so i kind of go back and forth with that um i do like uh 
kind of like making a non-alcoholic uh, toilet wine. I feed that toward the uh, toward the middle of the end, you know. Um, what's the recipe for that? I, think, oh, I don't man. think that one's in Dr. Elaine Ingham's book. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, I kind of keep my own thing, like a Coca-Cola recipe, but um, my very first versions of it, which I evolved from, worked really well. So just, you know, you can kind of take every fruit juice known to man, mix it all up, and uh, break it down with some microbes. And um, you're, you're pretty much there with that. Just don't use yeast. <laughs> you use yeast, you're going to make brandy <laughs> or wine, essentially. And then you're going to, you know, if you uh, fuck around and uh, condense it, then you got yourself some brandy. So, um, you know, that, that'll definitely do you, do you some justice. Do you have any other grow tips or uh, maybe with microbials or anything else that over the years you've kind of found that you're just like, man, I can't imagine not working with this or, or imagine not going back to not using it. Yeah. My, my root wise stuff. Uh, that's, that's my, that's my go-to love the root wise stuff. And the other one I really was real huge on was uh, photosynthesis plus I really like to do uh, foliar with that. I put, you know, hit the soil with it too. Too, but yeah but my root wise man that was like uh just a perfect thing because i used to have to buy multiple things and kind of mix them together to, to do kind of what i want because like everybody used to say oh yeah bacterial veg fungi flower you know and then that was that but that's not so you know like you kind of need a little bit of both in both stages just you know you might want to be a little more dominant with with one versus the other you know depending on the cycle part of the cycle you're in so uh cool thing was like root wise they uh they were super on point with that shit too <laughs> so that's that's what kind of kind of brought me over there in that direction like all right you guys know you guys fucking know so uh i just started rocking out with their stuff we had a question from chat how long should the fpj ferment be allowed to sit to be stable um you know back in the day like i was doing like quick little 24 hour bubble bubble bubbled up deals with some microbes in there like you know when i would like brew my fruit fruit uh fruit back wanna um you could you could probably stand uh probably get it in for i don't know 48 hours maybe even 72 if you wanted to just that alone you know what i mean and then mix it in later um but you know it doesn't it doesn't take a super super long time like you know you just and by the way like organic organic juice i figured i should probably go without saying but i'll say it some people be like i don't know what happened man <laughs> i'm a, a big fan of fpjs as well um the other thing that you can do too that works really well is you can do a liquid IMO like you would for Korean natural farming uh, and then put your uh, you know plants that you want to break down into that as well. Uh, we had a gentleman on from Vietnam that was talking about that and getting incredible results at it, but he was doing like three, three and four month ferments, like really long, yeah. long ferments. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing that um, 
I think a lot of the newer organic growers or maybe not even newer, but um, just understanding like what, what plant available means, you know, like if you want something to go into the soil to break down at a slower rate, of course, you know, those microbes are going to do it. But if you're trying to feed something during a week to facilitate a trigger, you know, to achieve a result, you're going to want it you know available that's why you know we're making our brews and our fees and permit so make sure you know that you're doing that for you know plant availability so yeah good good call man yeah it's something that we had him on a while ago and really kind of gave a whole new level to the you know kind of a whole third option for for playing with all that kind of stuff and yeah it's it's a, a whole whole world i think we need to research together and in fact, we've talked about before on the show, I have this database we're working on right now with some other people called the Open Nutrient Project to kind of crowdsource a lot of that info. Um, so oh, people yeah. have kind of a, a toolbox for, for free that they can access to kind of go after some of the fertilizer companies and give people a, a functional alternative. Exactly, man. It's like there was a whole lot of shit. Like, man, they, they bottle up stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, this is like, you know, you know, sweet blah 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 whatever company you want to you want to talk about but like so you're using cranberry juice concentrate and have some salt and you're selling that for 300 dollars a gallon you motherfucker man <laughs> right you know so yeah they're sharing that knowledge amongst one another um you know it's it's you know we can definitely move along a, a whole lot farther you know like that and said you know monsanto and hawthorne and all those dudes you know make them go by the wayside you know they can get back to making roundup or whatever the fuck they want a class action lawsuit for whatever right uh i think that it starts with us making some of these tools that people can use to to bypass them so uh super excited to, to get that going uh, what um um sorry about the dog in the back um, how about any pest control tips or tricks? I know you've worked with uh, a lot of different areas and stuff like that and worked with a lot of different breeders as far as testers and stuff like that. Uh, uh, what are kind of your tips or tricks for IPM? Um, just start start with the basics with um, keep your space clean. Um, don't bring in foreign foreign cuttings or plant whatever. Um, if you are gonna do, you know, you're gonna take in a new a new clone, make sure you quarantine the fuck out of it, you know, for and like for a good while, not a couple of days, but like let it let it chill out for like 45 days, another tent, another room, somewhere far away, and keep a tight eye on it. Um, don't don't let I mean like I love my dogs, you know, but uh, I, they can't they can't be up in the in the in the, in the workspace. Um, I'm out in the yard or going hiking or something, I'm not going to come right in the workspace, you know, I'm going to shower, you know, change my clothes up. Um, so just like, just the simple basics like that are going <laughs> to, it's going to keep you from ever having to really delve into all this, you know, hardcore IPM regimens, you know. Um, as far as like mildews and stuff like that, you know, be mindful of your HVAC system. Um, your air intakes, you know, making sure you're filtered uh, coming in. A lot of people just 
they're they're just so focused on filtering going out for their smell or whatever um show that same focus on your intake as well um especially you know you're bringing it right in from outside so um it's pretty cheap technology where you can you know you can put some uvs uh in in the ductwork so you know it can you know annihilate a lot of shit as it passes through and then have like a mushroom filter on the end that helps a lot too um and just keeping an eye on things man you know just uh you know take the time and 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 look through and just make sure that you're not you know getting uh getting anything crazy going on if you do you know you can pull plants out isolate them um you know and then and then start to get into these you know regimens for um you know taking care of a taking care of a problem so with me honestly man you you can just prevent so much just by following just the, the the simple basics you know um i i've never really had any any problems in my own space i've helped other people um friends back home and then when i moved out here getting getting rid of stuff um spider mites thrips you know the, the the normal standards um i would say you know once you're and you know they hate to hear it and but you know you get the mites going on it's do you really want to fight this whole room looking for these little critters you know and trying to try and take care of it or can you just say hey let's not fight this the whole way let's just go ahead and start over and let's start focusing in on a small area back worms or you know dixie cups or you know tight size plants focus in on and making sure our problem is annihilated there making sure that room is good and cleared out and then and then go back start in because me personally if i if i'm if i'm looking at like i got a long run you know like we're you know halfway through the veg cycle getting ready to go into the bloom and i'm starting to see like a problem like that yeah man i'm I'm not the type of guy i'm not going to be in there fucking hosing fucking emo all day all night you know just trying to trying to do my best um if they spread around i mean it it's it's going to be hell so i'd rather just be like hey i'm going to eat eat a few weeks here and uh i'm I'm more of a you know started over again right type of person but there's so much information out on the internet on how to you know battle your your pest of choice i suppose you know the only thing i would say is uh stay away from the stay away from the chemicals and shit like that because at the end of the day there's so many so many ways to combat and kill bad things without without having to go go that route you know so uh, that'd be my one uh one thing of advice because too many people they go for that eagle or they go for that uh avid shit and there's so many of them fucking things so just keep guardian oh yeah 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 that one yeah that's the best one of all time Um, um, we had a, a quite, oh, the other thing I was going to say with the mites, I actually I was at a grow in October uh, and, and they were, you know, had basically this whole place ready to flip and uh, with three big rooms and uh, the whole place was covered in russet mites and their yeah. head grower had never seen russet mites before. So he didn't yeah. even really, he just thought there was something wrong with like the magnesium and the, 
the irrigation wasn't mm -hmm. right or the VPD wasn't right. And it's like, dude, look it at this. More cow mag. It's the cow mag. No, this just goes back to, look, you should be randomly, if you have a commercial system, you have to be randomly sampling your facility for um, a leaf samples and just, just take random leaf samples and put them under the microscope and spend an hour a day or two hours a day just looking at leaves. You know, you're going to find shit way before you, you ever get an outbreak. You know, exactly. people just don't You're take the time. So much fucking time down the road, just taking that little bit of time to do that, and it's not that it's not that fucking hard. Just make it a part of the part of the schedule, you know. And and a little bit of little things like that really go a long way. Um, we had another question in chat. Have you had root aphids? I have never had root aphids uh, personally. Um, had some friends out in NorCal that, that got them. Um, I have encountered like just your standard, standard aphid, um, outside before doing some outdoor. Um, but the root aphids, no, I knew like, um, his remedy for it. Um, he took, he just, he was taking clones or whatever and going back to that same approach, just get a scaling back down to some clean medium making sure that medium, you know, went, went, went far, far, far away. And, um, you know, I think he, I want to say he drenched really heavily with something before he moved them away, like the, you know, make sure that they were struggling or dying or whatnot before, before he actually got the move and everything out. So, uh, but yeah, uh, goddamn. Yeah. I'm glad I never had to deal with them nasty. Thing. This is a video from the worst one that I've ever encountered. Uh, consulting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like the worst thing I've ever had to personally deal with, um, soil wise or whatever, was just uh, fungus gnat, and they're they're pretty easy, uh, pretty easy uh, to kill off. You know, I think that's probably one of the more common ones anyway. Oh, yeah. So with the root aphids, I've had really good luck with treating them really heavily every other day with uh, Bavaria, alternating Bavaria bassiana and Isofuma fumoseria and metarizium, like a met 52. Mm -hmm. uh, so go on like every other day using one of the three of that rotation. And then after two weeks of that, you know, basically two or three full cycles of that, depending on the population knockback, um, then coming in and uh, waiting three or four days and then releasing um, uh, rove beetles uh, as oh. kind of the uh, finisher for that. And nice. that seems to work really well as far as, you know, having that last hunter killer team to wipe out anything that survived the, the fungus. Yeah, man. And you, you touched on something there too. Like I forgot to say was like, whatever it is you're fighting, like know what you're fighting, know their weaknesses, know what they hate. And, um, know their breeding cycle uh, that's the that was a big one too is like know how how often you know how they're breeding and repopulating that way you know how to kind of stay on top of it too that was a good call man and the other thing too the other tip if you're getting into the probiotics and the ben more beneficial uh, more gentler uh, pest controls if you're dealing with Bavaria bassiana or isofuma fumosoria or metarizium uh, or even um uh, bactillus um um, the ringus, the BTs. Uh, yeah, even the VTs, right? So if you blend the different strains 
of the same species. So the different Bavaria Bastianos, you blend them together and, and just, you know, use a quarter of this, a quarter of this, a quarter of this, and a quarter of this, uh, and then brew them for a couple of hours. Uh, and then use that as your application instead of utilizing those different ones in rotation, you'll end up with actually better efficacy because they'll trade DNA. Those different strains will hybridize and you can end up with a more virulent um, uh, strain of it against the insects. We've actually had really good luck with that for treating leaf hoppers specifically, which are typically pretty immune to most stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. That's what I'm talking about biological warfare. In a safe way, too, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, the microbes like it goes goes a long ways, man. You know, they uh they help a help a lot. Like I said, uh, another one, not not a pest per se, but you know, like a pathogen like uh, pythium. You know, um, you know, certain uh certain microbes uh, kind of keep that stuff away. You know. Yeah, lactobacillus is a is a really good one for treating pythium. Or, or liquid IMO, depending on uh, if you're into KNF or not. Yeah, man. When they're, uh, this is like a strain of trichoderma. I mean, it was like good for that. Forgot. Man, it's been a while. Forgot the name. Yeah. Of it. Yeah, you can use trichoderma. The only downside if you're doing living soil with the trichoderma is that it, trichoderma it gets a little bit harder to achieve a balance again once you um, post application compared to the other two. Uh, it will work 100%. Um, it just tends to overdom a little bit. But what was interesting, yeah. there was a paper recently about um, trichoderma applications on brassicas, because brassicas are typically known as being um, non-mycorrhizal. Um, but they found that with the introduction of trichoderma, um, trichoderma actually induces uh, this different response and allows the mycorrhizal fungi to actually host on, on even brassicas, which was really kind of bizarre. Um, so, yeah, science. I like those white papers, man. Like when they come out with cool shit like that. Like the nerd out on that stuff as well. It's like it's a lot of shit on the internet, but when you actually get to like a nice university, it's like putting in the time and the money and they publish that white paper and fucking get some fucking gold out of that stuff. Man. Um uh you've had a uh you know, a lot of the people from the community come out and um, try and help uh, support you through this, uh, uh, you know, rough time. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to kind of maybe talk a little bit about kind of the cannabis community and how it kind of rallies behind people, uh, um, you know, when they're when they need to. Uh, I thought oh, that would yeah. be a good thing to touch on. That's the best, best fucking community on earth, man. Like, <clears throat> you know, because at the end of the day, like these industry, you know what I mean? And they call it community, like, yeah, all right, whatever. But like the actual community community, man, they ain't no better group of people on earth. Like if fucking doomsday happens, you know what I mean? Zombie apocalypse, whatever, whatever it might be, man. We're, we're going to be the ones still around. You got so many varied skill sets and just fucking just wild how many, how many people, you know, and all the stuff that we do. Um, and then we all got this common common love for this this you know for this plant and um you know generally like you know we're all we're all pretty good people and you know whether it was you know just a natural you know thing about us is like we like to we like to help each other we're generally pretty giving loving you know people 
So, um, you know, I, I've always tried, you know, when I see people that were like down and out, you know, you know, I didn't want to like take a selfie with them and put a Facebook post, you know, you just do it, you know? So when it, when it came, you know, all the shit hitting the fan with me, man, people were just coming out the fucking woodwork, man. And just, uh, I can't, I can't thank them all enough. Couldn't, couldn't do it without them. You know, I can tell you, tell you that much, but I can't, and it just ain't no, no better group of people to be around. You know, I feel real blessed just to, you know, without, without all the other stuff, just the people I've been able to be surrounded by and especially, um, moving out West and everything and being able to meet more and more people and you know, going to shows and everything else. I just met the most badass people ever. Like it's just <laughs> the whole, the whole thing was great so i just got so much love for everybody and uh like i said i couldn't uh couldn't have made it back here uh without them for real man it's just uh it's a beautiful thing man a beautiful thing and thanks everybody that that helped uh donate to get him out i know there was quite a few different fundraisers and stuff on fcp and other places so thanks everybody that, that did that i know the the cannabis community as a whole this year has helped get a couple people out of, um, you know, prickly law enforcement situations, but also help raise money for multiple people's surgeries, um, helped raise money for people's funerals. I know uh, a shout out to everybody that helped donate as well for Stony Scholars um, stuff this year um, when he passed away and everything else. So, you know, big, big thank you to everybody in the community as a whole, you know, and we really do come together in ways that you don't really see a lot of the other, you know, communities um out there you know uh, you certainly see lots of orchid people and rose people and and other people that are passionate in agriculture but you don't see them you know rally behind the community the way that that this community does so uh, you know shout out to everybody for that um maybe uh kind of on a on a similar transitionary type note uh, what are kind of your thoughts on kind of the current state of uh i guess for lack of word uh, current state of chaos of the cannabis industry uh, uh as it stands today well, it's been uh, <clears throat> it's been interesting. Like three, I've been out now three and three weeks, something like that, three and a half weeks. Um, so a lot of it, a lot of it's the same, you know, same old shit. And I, I didn't expect it to <clears throat> be much different, you know. It's like the end of the day, the hype thing rules. You know, people are still doing their their thing with the with the hype shit, and it's you know just just how it is um but it's kind of kind of interesting to see like uh the whole california uh rec thing how that's kind of you know continued to evolve into even a, a worse thing and um and then at the end of it <laughs> you still like coming out ah, we can't make it all these black market people and it's like Y'all literally made it so hard for anybody oh, wow. to actually go fucking legit, man. So that's good. The best one, and I don't normally, but this was just, if we're going to talk about like cream of the crop hysterical bullshit, like this post today takes the cake. Yeah, 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 <laughs> dude. I literally saw that before we went up. And I was literally laughing about this shit on another another show this past week, you know, because uh, 
sun-grown mids you know he's you know he yeah. had the videos you know showing the uh those compliance officers doing that and somebody asked me like what i thought about emerald cup blah 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 and i'm like you know just it serves them serves them right and like i'm you know don't fucking quote me man i i know like you keep up with this shit a lot i know a lot of people in the crowd do he was like one of the biggest proponents uh for all the 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 new laws and everything that went through with uh with wreck and I actually yeah. knew some people that used to sling to him when he was a med spot and he turned yeah. into like a big old sack of shit like right when it turned over there's a whole bunch of problems D'Angelo helped fund 64. I know this because yeah. I was, uh, how I got to know uh, Dennis Perone was lobbying against Amendment 64. And I watched the two of them like on opposing stages. Uh, wow. I forget if it was LA or San Diego or maybe it was San Francisco, but both of them were there. And it was like, this is crazy. Yeah, like it is. And like lobby and like putting some straight money into like lobbying against like the home grower. The, you know the med grower um making sure like you know people are going to be kept out of this thing like it wasn't going to be like hey dude we should start up our thing and we should you know we should go legit or whatever like no nah, that ain't happening so like you know i had a funny funny one like before i went away i was talking to my buddy james bean and i uh, said something and i was like oh yeah like black market's always gonna win he's like oh no it's like 20, 2018 man like uh we don't call it that anymore it's a traditional market i'm like fucking right on dude the traditional market's gonna fucking hold it down especially like when you're when you're purposely like keeping people out and everything and like it's a, such a high level of fuckery like dudes are gonna still fucking get theirs in and uh good good for you guys man you know keep keep fighting the good fight like we always used to hashtag them you know like grow your own grow your own like you know you gotta you gotta fight that shit off man like i don't got a problem with anybody going legit trying to make a buck but when you gotta do it at the expense of like oppressing other people and and doing some real fucked up fucked up shit there was like <clears throat> i forgot what app it was some weed app they came out like i think it was like 2018 <laughs> like they were fucking snitching on people to the fucking cops for fucking growing and some other place was paying for fucking billboards or something to like get you to snitch on people home growing and shit. So yeah, it serves them fucking right. Fuck them. Yeah, for those of you guys that have no idea who it was that I threw up on the screen, that's that's the guy that founded um uh man, quite a few things Harborside, but, uh, Harborside, but also uh uh is one of the main directors of um one of the largest cannabis investment firms that's nationwide and and i think even international now so for him to kind of take the side of small growers is uh hysterical uh, yeah. to put it politely <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially if you, like yeah if you see this guy at a show he has like bodyguards you can't like even ask him a question that's how like out of touch this guy is with the regular um yeah you know, grower, see anyone involved really in the scene at all. Um, whatever, you know, props to him and his success, but like, you know, don't go out here and defend legacy growers. That's just bullshit. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like, come on. Like, I just, you can't, it's almost as funny as like the, the, 
you know, DCC. In fact, fuck it, I'll just throw it up here. It's almost as funny as this one. Um, which, in fact, uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up is Sundown Mids is actually going to be on the show on Thursday. Uh, oh, if wow. anyone wants to uh, to um, come hang out with us, you're welcome to. Uh, 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 we hope to see everybody here. It's been a while since we had Sundown Mids on. The last time we had him on was in the height of the Philos controversy, and. Uh, Oh, oh man, yeah. did that ever uh on shit, dude? Like some spicy episodes. <laughs> oh man, dude. I was all I was like, because like I'd been saying that for uh, a couple years leading up to their to their big thing. And uh just saying, like, just keeping it real, like, look, man, like I know somebody that I can't I can't say their fucking name. I'm still not gonna say the say, but they're literally talking to these people about like what their kind of what their plan is and what they're interested in. I'm like, that's some fucking bullshit, you know. So I'm I'm pretty adamant about like, no, I ain't fucking with them. And um, they would come up to my booth and shit, <clears throat> and they'd always just it would be a new person that they would try to send like every fucking show. And like, no, I don't fuck with you people like at all. Oh, I should do lunch. Like, no, motherfucker. I eat a goddamn spam sandwich off of a fucking toilet bowl before I fucking eat a filet mignon with you, man. I don't fuck with you people. Get the fuck away from my fucking booth. You're like, Tommy, man. Ah, why are you so harsh with them? I'm like, let's fuck them. Fuck them, motherfuckers. Like, they're some straight shit, man. Whether they know what, like, these little people they send at me or whatever, whether they know what they're doing or not, like, they ought to listen to what the fuck I'm telling them. Like, there's a reason why I'm being like this, man. No, fuck them. Then it finally, like, it's all heading up, man. And sun-grown mids, bro. I love that fucking dude. I fucking love him. Ah, oh, man, he just starts dropping atomic bombs. Dude, it was fucking great. And they all but just went under because of it. And then yeah. that one chick, <clears throat> she used to work for him. Uh, she came out and about, you know, with just the raw dog the real deal and was just you know letting it all be known and are they even are they even that around was, uh, anymore that was beth Schechter and uh props to beth as soon as in fact uh yeah anyways uh i, I there's a lot more to that oh yeah out and saw that immediately like dissolved the entire yeah man yeah, it was good to watch some people go away. A lot of people wanted to appreciate She had no idea that they were doing any of that other stuff. And, you know, for a lot of that stuff. So, but she was actually on here a lot talking. Oh, man. She was on here and stuff talking about protection. Yeah, I think my thing might have froze up. <laughs> it's pop up that I'm the host now. Oh no.
Sorry about that. I'm not really sure what happened to my uh, my computer line, but uh, I think uh, still I working. I think we we said Philos and D'Angelo too many times. They're like, oh no, shut them down. <laughs> apparently so. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure what happened to my internet connection, but apparently yes, the the uh, evil corporate weed uh, people are, are after us apparently. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't doubt it, man. Like I said, them dudes like they were they were relentless, man. I was getting hit up by like all the fucking Hawthorne group dudes, the fucking Phylos people, and just having to be like, bro, I am doing my best job to be a really nice guy, <laughs> you know. Like y'all gotta back the fuck up, like because like I'm I'm starting to like lose my shit. Like I'm getting ready to stop being that nice guy. Like fuck. Let me, uh, just saying I'm cutting in and out. Let me. <clears throat> but, uh, in the meantime, um, is there anything else you kind of wanted to touch on? Um, I know we went through most of the stuff that I had written down as far as questions. Is there anything else maybe you wanted to share with people about you know, maybe things that you're excited to work on, you know, going forward or maybe different, um, you know, lines or land races or anything that you're trying to get a hold of that maybe uh, people can help find their, their way to you slowly in some magical way in the, the book I'm writing? <laughs> right. Um, I'm in fucking... Um... I, uh, like the way I'd always did my, my breeding work was just, I don't even mention it until it's, it's already gone through testing and done. Then I'll start talking about it because they were just so many, you know, how it is, man. Like they scam people, you know, like they're, they're, they're tough out there, man. So like you even mentioned something, they might not even have what you're talking about, but they'll just throw the name on something like, yeah, I'm doing it. And boom, done three months <laughs> you know like um so yeah i really don't uh i really don't really get too much into it um i'd say if anything i'd start calling people like oh yeah i'm just doing cookie everything everything cake everything cookie but everybody knows i'm full of shit <laughs> <See that? laughs> so yeah man just yeah just doing it doing it up kind of picking up where i where i left off got some uh definitely got some interesting shit to finish off man but um yeah yeah that's about it man just gonna get back to the work you know is there any uh any way people can um you know support you further uh now that you're back uh with us again i know there's some different people um that are doing some different um you know merch sales and stuff like that um i would put it up on the screen but having computer issues at the moment so um we're running off the phone as backup but uh do you have uh, uh any way that people can you know support you if they want to do that yeah man uh just uh the the ig page is uh the real duke diamond um well uh, say like maybe in a weekish or something like that we'll have a website up and then uh 
we're gonna start uh start pumping the uh start pumping that cool ass uh the cool clothing back out again everybody's been missing the missing the shirts and everything and the hoodies so we're gonna start doing that again and then uh anything uh anything we got going on it uh it ends up on that on that ig you know and then once the website's open of course we'll have some cool things happening on there and uh yeah just move forward and be different directions and everything just you know how it, well yeah i was gonna say you might not know how it is but you can imagine how it is like you get put on hold for like two years and then you get out and you got all this fucking shit like you're trying to get it all done at once man it's like crazy i uh, definitely uh definitely feel you that way a little at least a, a tiny bit going to africa and back and uh and all that happy horse shit, so. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks again so much for coming on. Um, I'm going to throw your Instagram up here. Sorry about the dog in the back. Ah, you're uh, cool, man. And here we go. Wild beast uh, waiting on me in the other room. <laughs> come out, they're going to fucking attack me. <laughs> what kind of dogs do you have? Cool. Well, one of them's like this... Uh, like old tickhound tickhound uh mix another one's a rhodesian ridgeback other one's like a chocolate lab pit bull mix and then uh the one that's in here it's just in here temporarily um trying to find its home old lady found it on the road so i think it was just lost so trying to find its home it was a fucking chihuahua <laughs> but um i named it beer cheese like, what the fuck do you name it beer cheese for? But, um, and then it had these, uh, other two puppy dogs she had found and then taken care of. Um, they appear to be like coyote hybrids or something. Um, oh, dogs are great, man. I used to have one when I lived out in San Diego. It was smarter and faster than even my wolf dogs are. Yeah, these things, they're, they're, they're really cool, man. Real loving, just sweet dogs. Huge ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, big radar dishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically that's what they are. And it uh, probably hears me talking across the house about it. Like it's waiting. Especially when they're little, they like it takes them a long time to grow into them. So they look really funny. Yeah, because it's like windy where I live too. I'm like worried to walk it. It'll fly off like a fucking kite. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was great uh, talking with you. We're glad that you're uh, back with us, and uh, and hopefully before too long we can uh, we can burn one together once you're uh, once you're allowed. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, he said it better be about this time next year before I can burn one. But I may have to fucking pop a couple boomers in between now and then. <laughs> All right, gives you time to work on on catching up on the soil science stuff, and it's like it's like college time, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate yeah, thanks it. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime, bro. Anytime. Thank you. Really get out here to these wild dogs later. <laughs> Take it easy. You too. Well, that was a, a great episode, even despite. Uh, some technical difficulties with me uh, losing connection there and uh and almost having the show uh 
show Dionys, but um, uh, if you guys have not um, checked it out already, um, you can also go over to uh, apmjclass.com if you're looking for an all-in-one um, aquaponic cannabis class. Um, Marty and I put a lot of time and effort into it. There's uh, hundreds of slides and videos and supplementary content and all kinds of other wonderful stuff on there. Uh, we're constantly adding new things. We have live sessions each month. Uh, it's a really a, a cool class. So definitely check that out. Um, if you're looking for more extra information, you can also check out uh, if you need nutrients, especially for your aquarium system over at apmjnutes.com and U-T-E-S. Um, we have a, a, you can check out uh, that as well. Uh, simply put in your aquarium size and it'll give you a whole bunch of options on, on that or uh, fish safe nutrients if you just want to dose it yourself and you already know what you're doing. Um, thanks everybody in chat. Um, we do have sun grown mids uh, on Thursday. That's going to be uh, a really fun show. We have quite a few interesting topics to talk about. Uh, some of the latest stuff around genetics, um, the DCC uh, shenanigans at, excuse me, Emerald Cup and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So uh, that'll be a blast. And um, yeah, also uh, check out Fumi's show. Um, I'll probably roll over there after this one. Um, and um, uh, if you haven't already, if you endure on the flavors, uh, he's normally on here, but uh, it's Tuesday and we don't normally do Tuesday shows anymore. Um, we just happened to do that to make sure that we could get um, Duke on the show. Um, we kind of was excited when he was able to uh, be on the show. So uh, suddenly, so we wanted to make sure that we could support him and, uh, uh, you know, try to get the word out again. Um, you can check out his Instagram at the real Duke diamond. Uh, and he does have some information on there. It looks like um, uh, there's a couple people uh, selling um, uh, different t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that to try and help them out. So definitely go ahead and do that. If you guys want to uh, help out a great breeder, it's really done a lot of uh, uh, awesome work uh, over the years. So um, you can find us on um, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, all the things. Um, I will actually give you guys the stats uh, uh, on Thursday for the year, but we, we did a, a killer year this year. We really grew the channel. Um, super excited that we did the second um, virtual cannabis conference. I think next year is going to be even bigger. Uh, we certainly, I already have five people that we didn't have on the panel that were like, oh man, we didn't know about this. We'd love to speak next year. So we got some, some cool people lined up for next year and uh, just a lot of cool guests coming up. And then we have the Regen conference. Um, uh, also check out, um, we'll have the location on uh, probably Thursday or Monday of next week um, with Jordan River. Um, Jordan River, myself and Brendan Rust are gonna be doing a live in-person event in Oklahoma City. Uh, we're gonna announce the location here shortly um, on uh, January 21st. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. If you guys wanna come hang out, uh, we'll have a super cool, um, um, you know, hangout smoke sesh. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can, we're gonna do kind of a live recording for, for Jordan's thing. We, we might do a, a dual broadcast. We're kind of kind of gonna see what the bandwidth is like at the venue. So uh, depending on what the bandwidth supports, uh, we'll have some, some cool content going. And then Jordan's also coming out. Him and I are gonna do a bunch of running around uh, filming different events and places and farms out here in Oklahoma uh, on kind of a quick whirlwind tour. So that'll be a lot of fun uh, here in the, a little bit later on in the month. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some really cool content there. And, um, and the Regenerative Conference, if you haven't gotten your tickets already for Humboldt, um, be sure to check that out over at Regenerative Seed Co. 
Um, you can get your tickets there. Um, I will be at all of the different uh, uh, conferences. So, um, you know, whichever one that you want to make it to, we have a really awesome lineup of speakers, a huge seed swap. It's really a, an awesome time and really kind of a special conference in a whole slew of different ways for me. Uh, and uh, one of probably my single favorite cannabis event to go to, uh, you know, really at all. So um, definitely check that out. Um, you can check out the podcast, uh, Growing With Fishes on your favorite podcasts. Uh, we also have a ton of YouTube uh, content on YouTube, uh, not just the podcasts and the conferences, but also a ton of helpful videos uh, if you are on solely listening to this in audio format. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Um, I will catch you guys on Thursday with Sun Grown Mids. Cheers.